Amazing, right? So we're live. Um, appreciate, really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's uh, episode number three. <laughs> so still new. We haven't really got an intro down yet. So um, I think it's just going to be a, a theme. That I don't know how to intro the podcast. <laughs> so um, yeah, just just jumping right in. Um, Dave Watson, para athlete. Is that the right terminology? Yeah, I'm a uh, Invictus Games gold, silver, and bronze medalist. And yeah, I've, I um, I know. Is it four gold medals you've got now? Uh, so we can't let me count them. <laughs> One, two, three. Well, we all, we all, we all. What I've done. It's three golds, two silvers, one bronze from the Invictus Games, wow. and then I've won. I've won other medals in other competitions like indoor rowing and stuff like that. Wow! And uh, motivational speaker as well, gold medalist, motivational speaker. And I know that um, usually when people say motivational speaker, it comes from uh, just putting it in your Instagram, but you've actually had some very, very credible events like from Vodafone, LV, uh, the Insurance Awards, British Army, uh, just to name a few. I know, I know you're uh, a professional. <laughs> I am, yeah. Amazing. Uh, that's what I like to see myself as. And yeah. I, just, I just like helping other people. That's what I like doing. Amazing. Perfect. So firstly, I just wanted to go um, just into your story a little bit, if that's okay. So um, how did you kind of grow up and what age did you first uh, get into the, the army or wanted to join the army? So I'm originally from Preston okay. in Lancashire. Uh, I grew up in a little village called Bamber Bridge. Right. Um, I heard of Bamber Bridge. Yeah, it's only it's a little village. If you if you drive through it, if you don't blink, you'll miss it. Because it's that, <laughs> right, it's that small. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went for, I went to a school in Bamber Bridge. Uh, grew up around there, and when I left school, well, close to leaving school, you always get them questions from your parents. What do you want to do when you leave school? Yeah. What do you want to do? Um, and I turned around straight away and said, I want to join the military. Okay. And there was a bit like that at the time, do you know what I mean? 50 50. Uh, and they said, they said to me, they said, why don't you get a trade before you join? If you still, when you get your trade, if you still feel the same, go ahead and do it. So I did my building trade. Oh, okay. And yeah, I did my apprenticeship as a builder. And I passed that, and I still wanted to join the military. Um, and I was literally working in Preston Town Centre at the right. time. Uh, I had a bit of a, a bust up with my boss, uh, and I turned around and said, Right, that's it, I'm done, I'm leaving. Um, so I'd left, and as I was walking home, I stopped at a pub on the way for a bit. Of, just stopped, just stopped for a pint. Um, 
and it will lack a bit of Dutch courage as well because the careers office were literally around the corner. So I've had that part and I've gone straight into the careers office and I said, I want to join the military. Mm. And, Dutch courage. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they're asking me all the questions. Why do you want to join? What made, what's made you think about this? Um, and I didn't really have nothing. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really know anything. I said, I want to join. I've always wanted to join. I've always loved what I've seen. Um, so he's given me some booklets. He's given me a DVD and said, right, go away, go and read them, and then come back if you feel the same. Okay. And I walked to the bus station. I walked to the bus station with my tools, what I still had from the building trade, and I sat down and I thought, what am I doing? I've just like walked out of my job. I've always wanted to do this. So I left my tools where they were. I didn't, I, like, I wasn't bothering about them because I wasn't going to use yeah. them again. Uh, and I went back to the careers office, went to the door, and the guy came to the door and he went, I knew you'd be back. Really? Just by talking to me for that, for that five, ten minutes, he knew that I'd be back. And I was, I was back there and then. And I think it was, I think it was only about four weeks after walking through that door, four to six weeks, that I started my training. Wow. So in terms of um, looking back, why do you think it was that you were so motivated to join the army? Was it something like an influence that you'd seen or is it somebody in the family that you've kind of seen that joined the army? What would you think the inspiration was? My granddad were in the army when he was younger. He did his national service. Uh, and when I when I joined the military, I had, I had like my five choices what I wanted to join. But when I was speaking to my granddad, uh, his brother was in the Scots Guards when he was similar age to me. So okay. I joined the Scots Guards and kept it in the family. Wow. Perfect. So um, what was your like role? What, what kind of division or did you join? I'm not familiar with all the terminology, so you'll have to forgive me. Yeah, so I was an infantryman. Okay. I was an infantryman, uh, frontline soldier. But I did all my training. You pass out of training and they send you uh, to where you need to be. So with me being a bit like living in Preston, they sent me to Preston Career's office for two weeks. Right. Um, just talking to the guys who are thinking about joining the military um, and then they can talk to me on my experiences because I'm, I'm fresh out of training. I know what I need to know and I could pass it on. Yeah. Um, but I think that was like my easiest two weeks of my military career because <laughs> no one come in for them. No one come in for that two weeks to be truthful. Really? So I was, I was all right. I was just like sat drinking tea and coffee all day and eating wow. donuts, I think. Yeah. Wow, was it when you um, when you initially got in there? Was it was like the training and the actual first few months? Was it what you expected, or was there anything different about? Uh, I knew I knew you I knew you had to be fit to like join the military, um, right? And I I classed myself as a fit guy. Um, I used to play football, and I used to do bits of running here and there, but. There's civilian fit and there's military fit. Yeah. 
and in training there were days where I just felt like I just couldn't carry on. Right. Uh, felt, I felt that weak, like it drained everything out of me. Wow. Um, but that that's what they do in training, that's what they do. They, they, you, you join the military as a boy. You join as a boy and you come out of man. Yeah. They they knock you down and build you back up again, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, 100%. And that's probably one of the reasons why I am the way I am today. And... 100%. I, 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 uh, I tried when I was in school, um, got rejected for asthma and uh, and an otology. And then I tried again when I was in college. And then I, th- I think I've tried to apply for different parts of the military, maybe six or seven times. And they've just got re- rejected every time. So it's... Um, when I was young, it was it was going to be the course of action I would I would have taken, and then I didn't really know what to do when I got rejected. So, um, yeah, I can imagine how you felt when you got in. Um, oh, I, I was I was over the moon, and when I t- <laughs> the the first day I turned up to training, uh, you could tell I was I was like young like a young lad from Preston. Yeah, I turned up in a tracksuit. I turned up in a tracksuit. Everyone else. There is like a few lads are in suits and ties and everything, and they're in a tracksuit. Wow, like proper chabbed up, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, um, when you were actually in there and like maybe overseas, what do, what was your day to day look like? Because I know it's not what most people would expect. No, so like for instance, over in Afghanistan, um, like all you're seeing is desert you know what I mean and like buildings looking like you've just built them on Blackpool Beach really uh, that, that's, all, that's all you're seeing like you're seeing like donkeys and that wandering around carrying stuff uh, the young kids like running around trying to play what they need to play what they've learnt how to do um, but when you're out there, you've got to make it as homely as possible mm. to make it feel like it's home. Um, yeah. Because we turned we turned up to our camp, and all what were there was two an ISOL container there, and an ISOL container there with a gap in the middle. Uh, wow. That's where our beds were going. That's where our beds were going. What were the sleeping conditions um, like? Was it because um, I've seen I've seen like you see videos on the news and stuff of like sleeping on the floor and sleeping in like different um, on rocks and stuff like that. Yeah, so we had like we had our own our own kit. So we had uh, like a camp bed type thing. Yeah, with a sleeping bag, um, and we had like a mosquito net all the way around covering all your bag because. You need to watch out for all like the creepy crawlies while walking around. You've got to watch out for the camel spiders while out there. Wow. The scorpions. Um, you've got to watch out for all that. But we made it as homely as possible. Um, like the gap got in the middle of the two containers. We put a roof on top of the containers. Yeah. Um, and we built. We built like a an armchair and a, a settee out of sandbags. Right. And we, we we even one of the lads were even good at drawing. And we had 
like a cardboard a cardboard box so long yeah um, the same i'd say the same size as probably like a 50 inch tv okay um so he's he sat down with a marker pen and he's drawn like a tv and he's drawn the family guy oh like, really in the middle of the in the middle of the screen sat on the settee and stuff like that yeah. And we stuck that on the wall yeah. to make it like we were watching TV and stuff. And it, yeah, we just had to make it as homely as possible, you know. Yeah, 100%. We, had, we set our own gym stuff up. So, yeah, it were all uh, that, that side of it, we're all right, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the, the camaraderie and stuff like that. Yeah, it was like you, you wouldn't be able to get through it if it wasn't for the camaraderie and the, the brothers you've got out there, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you, you know each other in, inside out, and that's a good thing to to do while you're out there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I, I believe it was um, in Afghanistan that it, you had the uh, the incident. Was it an IAD? IAD, yeah, that was uh, three three and a half months into my tour. Wow. And how, how far was that into the uh, the career in the army? Um, I was six, six years. Okay. So um, about four, four to six years. Yeah, obviously, I don't know how much you wanted to get into that part of it because I know it's pretty, like a pretty traumatic event. But I, um, like what, what kind of, what could you remember from the, from the incident? I can picture it like it was yesterday. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on that morning. That morning, we we were up at we were up at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, we were going on we were going on a fighting patrol uh, to move the Taliban out of the village and keep them out. Right. And it was it was a fifty-three man patrol. Okay. Team on patrol. Uh, we're, we're going up. We're going up a back alley, as you will if it were over here. We're like a back alley over there. Um, we got to the top, uh, and the week before, a mastiff got blew up just at the top of that that back alley. Right. Um, all, all what was there was the wheel. Everything else had moved. It was just the wheel. What was right. left. Um. And over there, you've got to, you've got to watch out because the Taliban, like we're not having schools or anything like. That. They are very very clever people. Um, they'll make IEDs out of anything. You know what I mean? So right. we had a look, and they'd made an IED out of the wheel. So if we moved it, it just gone bang. Wow. Uh, so we left it where it were. All the locals are popping their head over the wall, uh, watching what's going on. And that was a sign that something might happen uh, because they know something what we don't. Yeah. Uh, even though we talk to them, we used to talk, have a meeting every week and talk to them and see what's been going on. But we carried on with our patrol. Uh, we got to a stream. We've all gone in single file. I was the 50th guy out of 53 people. Okay. Um, everyone's passed the IED. I passed the IED and then my mate slipped behind me. And as he slipped, the first thing that comes to your mind is you've got to see if he's all right. Yeah. 
So he slipped. I've got my weapon. I've turned around to go and help him. As I've turned around, I've stepped on it. Wow. Um, and then I heard, I heard the click. I heard the bang. Uh, the next thing was I was uh, I was holding the LMG, which is the lightweight machine gun. Okay. Uh, that's lifted. At, you could say 120 mile an hour. It smashed me in the face. Wow. Uh, threw me 50. Threw me 15 foot in the air, and I landed back first into the stream. So all the water's come over the front of me. Um, I tried getting me head above water. Yeah. Tried to get me head above water. Couldn't do it. Didn't know what was going on. Um, the lads have dragged me out, sat me on the side. They were saying, Dave, you all right? You all right? I said, yeah, I'm all right. Uh, it broke my jaw. It broke my jaw, by the way. So I'm trying to trying to speak with a broken jaw. Um, and they turned around to me and said, Dave, don't look down. I've looked down and both my legs were gone below the knee. But because there weren't that much stump left below the knee and because water, the water's got in there as well, because over there uh, they packed their IEDs with like everything. Yeah. Uh, nuts and bolts, um, feces, uh, everything just to try and like harm you if they don't if it doesn't do anything else try and get you infected and that yeah and plus the water's not very the water's not very clean because they do all the business in the water as well uh, so they had to take they had to take me above the knee for um, infection reasons right and then when they when they were sorting my legs out. I've looked at my arm because I felt pins and needles. I've looked at my arm. My arm was just dangling. The bones are broke. It was just dangling with its tendons. Uh, have you have you seen that film Terminator where he cuts, yeah. he cuts his skin and pulls his skin off? Yeah. So imagine that, cutting it and stopping there and then cutting the other side and stopping there. So you've still got that bit connected. All my skin had separated off and just dangling off that bit. My my arm, you could see all my hand and everything. Um, and I just looked. I just looked at it. I just lifted my arm, looked at it, and I thought, right, I've lost that. And I gave myself a high five, watched it wobble, and just carried on. In terms in terms of pain, was it was it just the adrenaline that was stopping the pain, or what what could you feel? I couldn't feel any pain whatsoever apart from when they were putting the tourniquets on. Okay. Uh, because when you do your practicing with your tourniquets, you don't put them on that tight. You just want to show that you can use it, you know how to do it. Yeah. But when, that, when, when it comes to it and you've got to use it, you've got to put it on that tight to stop that bleeding. And they did, they put it on that tight, that, I felt I felt the pain when they was when we how tight they were putting it. Yeah. Uh, but after that, yeah. after that, I was fine. Okay. So in t- in terms of the the initial training that you had, is there any th- any kind of training that they went through for that situation as 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 the person that's um not like a responder to the situation as the person that's like maybe stepped on the IAD or 
Yeah, so if, like, me, myself, I did the team medics course. So I was a team medic. Right. Um, it didn't, didn't, really, didn't, like, really work for me that day because I couldn't really do anything. But yeah, you know you what I mean? yourself. Um, I couldn't put the tourniquets on myself. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, because I was, I was lucky I didn't lose, like, from my shoulder because mm-hmm. I had a big hole. Under my arm. Wow. Um, so I was look, I was lucky then, but th- we always had a medic on patrol wheels anyway. So there was a medic there straight away sorting me out, uh, got me on that flight, and then straight to Bastion to get patched up. Wow. And then kind of, after obviously the incident coming home, everything like that. How was I, I can imagine it was really hard adjustment period. Um, yeah, um, like our, our intensive care for, um, I think our intensive care for a week. Okay. Um, I woke up in intensive care. Well, I didn't wake up. They tried waking me up, and I was just too angry. I was I was fighting. I was like lashing out. It took it took seven nurses. To pin me down, to pin me back down and put me to sleep, um, wow. and I've, do you know what I mean? I've, I've only got one arm. Yeah. And it took seven, it took seven nurses to pin me down. Um, so they put me back to sleep, and then um, a nurse come on on a night shift, I think it were, on her own. She was on her own, and she said, "I'm going to wake him up." Um, she woke me up and she stayed with me. She stayed with me for the night because she was keeping me calm, she was keeping me cool. Um I loved it. Yeah. Like she she, she made me feel like nice, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. Um there's always that kind of like one special nurse or something like that that actually um, no discredit to all the other nurses and doctors because they do an amazing job. It's just the uh, yeah. get to know you on that on, on that level and they connect with you on that level. And uh, yeah, so so for kind of fast forward into today. I know, I know you're on a bit of a mission with your motivational speaking and stuff like that. So like, what what's what's the goal? What what are you? Uh, is it to inspire other people? Or like anybody? Is it business wise? What's the what's the goal? Yeah. So my my goal is just to help anybody. Excuse me. Okay. Um, my goal is to help anybody, kids, um, adults, anybody. So I, I, I'll do talks at schools, colleges, universities, uh, businesses, and I also do after dinner speaking as well. Yeah. Um, and it's the fact I could I can stand in the room with say a thousand people right i'll talk to that thousand people if i help one person out of that one thousand that's my job done that that, that's it um and that that's what i want to do and i even do it on the street as well um that's just 
mean, so I help, I help, a, I help a charity out and I will walk into the hospital and there was a guy there with, in a wheelchair, mm. just had his, I just had both his legs amputated. Uh, like it weren't your, your usual like car accident or anything like that to do with other stuff, what he's done all his life, which is not good for you. Mm. And he's seen me walking up and he come up to me and he talked to me and he was asking me questions. So I just took five minutes out of my time just to stand there, listen to him and just explain what the future holds and um, not to go back to your old life. Now this has happened. Yeah. Forget your old life. You've got a new life to live. You can live it well. Um, I was telling him what I were doing and what I do and he turned around to me afterwards after I'd spoke to him and said, in this five minutes I've spoke to you, you've helped me a lot. Uh, and I'd like to thank you. And it's just stuff like that, what what gets to me, you know what I mean? What gets me just right right there. Yeah. Just to know that. Well, you know what I mean? You, I don't know. He, he could have just been saying that. He could have like, gone back to his old life or he could have said it and meant it. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I, I think but, stuff like that from coming from a personal experience, it's um, it impacts people in, in a completely different way than somebody just uh, giving you a leaflet, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's just me taking that five minutes out, just talking to him, has probably changed your life. So, And that's what I like to do with other people. And it's not just disability yeah not just disability is what I want to help I even help people now what are going through bad times with this COVID mm. um, yeah they had a, they've been working hard for how many years COVID's hit they've gone on furlough for six months they've come back they've lost lost the jobs a week after yeah this one that's of- not the end yeah, that's not the end of the world you know what I mean you just can't yeah. push on and carry on and find something else to do yeah it's one, one of the things I was going to ask you about was COVID how's, how's it been for, for yourself over the last couple of months uh, so like COVID's it's been hard it's been hard because there's been no athletics there's been no competitions um, which is, is it's been Good and it's been bad, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Bad-wise with like a motivational speaking, trying to get that out there. I've done, I've done like three, four talks over over Zoom. Um, yeah. But with the athletic side, it's been good because like I'm always travelling. Mm. I'm always away, training, doing this, doing that. Um, and just to have that time with your family. So that's that's what I did. I just had that time with my family and doing what I needed to do. I was still keeping my my head in the game because I've got my own gym in my back garden. So oh, that's I was still good. Keeping, I was still keeping bit like ticks, keeping it ticking over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so in terms of um, 
the uh, the motivation and the, and the speaking is there anybody that you take uh, particular influence from or anybody that motivates you or any kind of books that you've read from people that you uh, you take um despite 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 all the people that i've met along my journey um yeah i've met other triple amputees um, but I didn't really know what you could do on these prosthetics and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the first person I seen when I first got injured was Richard Whitehead, the uh, Blade Runner. Right. Um. He, because I, 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 when I got injured, I, I started watching the Paralympics hmm. to see what I couldn't, what I can and can't do. You know what I mean? Um, and when I seen Richard Whitehead running around that track, it was, well, if he can do something like that, I can do something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't go along them lines of running. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not like. Uh, didn't you um didn't you qualify for the 2020 at the Paralympics? I I, I did I, I just I just missed it. Okay. I just missed it. I could I could have, but I I just missed it. Um, now now I'm I'm just training now to see what I can get a selection in at the moment. So one thing one what I am going for is uh, the world champs. Okay. Because that's in Birmingham, right? I live in Birmingham. Yes, I uh, so I, I think I think that will uh, be the icing on the like one a bit of the icing on the cake if I got to the not the World Champs, sorry, the Commonwealth Games. Um, mm. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So the Commonwealth Games are yeah in in Birmingham uh, when it all when it all happens again. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm just taking step by step and see seeing where I go. If I do get that, that'll be brilliant because like my family and all my friends and that can come and watch me compete instead of watching me on T V for a change, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that'd be nice. Um you know, um, in terms of uh, the people that you meet and stuff like that, if um, there was somebody, one of the schools or one of maybe your own kids that wanted to join the army, what kind of ab- advice would you give? Would you be pro or would you be against it? No, I tell them, I like I tell them to join because, like, it's not just that, but people can see. Um, It was just like me. I joined the military. Like you don't know it's going to happen. Mm. You never know it's going to happen. Um, but when it happened, I thought my life were over. Yeah, you know what I mean. I yeah. thought my life were over. I, like I went through some really bad times. Uh, we'll come. We'll come to that. We'll come to that in a bit. Um, but my kids have seen where I am now. Mm. And it, it's, it's people looking at me thinking, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Like I did with Richard Wired. 
Yeah. He can do it, I can do it. And if you look at me and go, well, if that happened to me, look where I could get. Yeah, no, no, 100%, that's true. So, um, yeah, I, I'd, let, I'd let him join. Uh, because if, like, touch wood, it doesn't, and it's up to them what they want to do, but at the end of the day, if something does happen, they've got someone what's been through it, and they've, put, they've come out of the other end. Yeah. So I'm there to help, no matter what happens. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, we are actually coming towards the end now. Um, so I, I just wanted to briefly touch on the the. I know you said some dark times. Just what what, what were you gonna? Yeah. So yeah, I got in like when I got injured. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was still a young lad, and I got injured. Didn't like my my head just weren't right, mm. and I turned I turned to the drink. Okay. Turned to the drink a lot, and I got mixed up in the wrong crowd. And I turned to the drugs, and it worked. Like I thought that was my life. From then, I thought, yeah, this is going to be me—an alcoholic, druggy, and that's it. Mm. Um, but when I went out, I went out to America uh, with a charity to do some sports, test, try some sports, and that. And I tried discus and shot put, and. I threw my discus, I think it was the third time I threw it. And I broke the American record for my category. <laughs> wow. Um, they the turned around to me and said, you've just broke the our, our record for, our, like, for your category. But we can't give it to you because you're not classified. Right. You have to be classified. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer, you know what I mean? But that's just shown me what, could do without any training. Yeah, hundred percent. There is potential there. That, that's the. Uh, it only takes a little spark so, like that, doesn't it? Yeah. So from that day, that day, I didn't see nobody about my alcohol and drug situation. I just said to myself, I looked at myself in the mirror and said, "Right, that's it. Stop. I'm done." And that's what I did from there. And wow. I haven't touched. I haven't touched anything. Wow, well, congratulations! Um, I mean, I, I quit smoking this year, and that was hard enough. Can't imagine, can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. So in on, setting your mind on stuff, it's setting yeah. your mind on stuff. So like, yeah, if you quit smoking, and then start like, say, you went out for a run, hmm. your mind goes somewhere else. You're thinking about something else instead of thinking about having a cigarette or doing whatever. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So uh, the, the only kind of um, thing that I had left was about where, what kind of, obviously there's a fair, fair few people listening. Uh, what would you be, um, what would your message then be? My message would be never give up. Always look forward and always push yourself. Carry on. Amazing. There's always a silver. There's always a silver lining. Beautiful. And uh, where where can they find you on social media? So I'm on I'm on Facebook. Uh, DW Motivation. I've got my own website. DW Motivation. I have also got my Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram and message me, my Instagram is. Let me get it up. 
Dave Watson motivation. Dave Watson motivation. So if you want to, if yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, please follow me. And I'm also doing yeah. TikToks as well. If you, yeah. if you want some inspiration from TikTok, I'm on. Uh, I'm on so TikTok. If you're as well. on TikTok, if you're on TikTok, Dave Watson zero seven. Dave. Watson zero seven perfect. I'll uh, I'll get you on there now. Perfect. Well, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for your service and everything like that. Um, yeah, I know I know this is going to help a lot of people. So um, yeah, really appreciate you coming on, Dave. Thank you very thank you very much for having me. No worries. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Thank you very much. Speak to you all soon. Yep.